Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. Good morning. And amen on that. I am continually amazed at how God uses the smallest of things to make an impact and a difference in someone's life. And we have to remember that sometimes we get caught up in the fact of what we cannot do. But what we fail to realize is God really doesn't need us to do it. He chooses us to do it. And whatever we have... Remember with Moses, he said to Moses, what is that in your hand? Use what's in your hand. In other words, God is saying, it doesn't matter what you have. As long as I have you, I can choose to use whatever it is and make a lasting impact. And for those of us that can, put a box together, or you can also do it online that we saw as well. You can get onto their site and put a box together there, and they will ship it, Um, do it. Because something small will make a big impact. Um, And if we need to sacrifice for however much that box would cost, probably be about a lunch or so, um, it will be well worth it. One of the things I like is what my sister Nikki said. I was like, man, that'll preach. I don't know that she realized that she gave you two points. She said, this week... You need to pray for someone and pour into someone. And she alliterated that thing. I was like, she used something that'll help you to remember. She said, pray for someone and pour into someone. You better preach, Sister Nikki. I remember that I was sitting there. And if you don't know anything else to do this week for other people, pray for them and pour into them. And that will change, especially as we get into this holiday season. I remember the, my mother passed away uh, November 11th, and it was just of 98. And I remember that first Thanksgiving was coming right around the corner. And that first Thanksgiving without her was extremely difficult. Um, And that next year, we got a little reprieve in that my daughter was born before that next Thanksgiving. So I was a bit distracted by the new birth that I didn't have to struggle again with the thoughts. And so, as our sister said, there are people struggling at this time who have lost loved ones. They may be estranged from loved ones. Uh, This may be a difficult road and season. And so um, it, is, it is for us to be concerned. Why? Because God has poured that in us. And so let's remember that for this week. <clears throat> um, we are also so glad to have the team back from the Navajo um, Reservation Nation. All those that were there that are here this morning, can you just stand just real quick? Just stand. All of them that were there. There you go. Praise God. Thank you. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but also on Wish TV 8, because this is, what is it now? This is Native American Heritage Month, that they highlighted our team going over to the Navajo Reservation. If you need to catch the link, we can make sure that you get it and see it. But it was on Friday, happened to be watching the evening news, and I was like, wait, hold on. I know that church, although he said it wrong, as most folks do. He says solid world. I said, read what it says, bruh. It says solid word. But anyway, and it was highlighting. And I just said to myself, I know these folks at Wish TV would be like, what else does this church do? Right, because they're the ones who also did the story on the clinic, and they did something earlier before as well, and that's good because it is that compassion of Christ being seen. And so wanted to make sure that we highlighted that as well. I mean, um, um, that as well. They had pictures of the team, and of course, they spoke with our uh, uh, brother, Mr. Celebrity C-Mac. Because they know him well there. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him sitting down interviewing with someone soon. So let's praise God. Thankful that God uses us in ways like that. If you will turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, just as a reminder, please be praying for the folk that we have on our list, and there are several. Um, I know this morning um, for the Caters, um, just to pray for Dr. Cater, whose mom passed away this week, and they are down in Alabama um, funeralizing her. And so, and there are others that are on that list that you just remember just to pray for them um, because we're family, and that's what the family of God does. So if you turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, um, we're still in our supreme series, Life Under and Out of and in the Supremacy of Christ. Today, as we get into chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, a new way of living, I really wanted to call this Your Best Life Starts Now. I know for folk, we got a lot of folks saying, you ought to live your best life now. And I was like, mm, if it is just about your life now and this is your best life, eternity doesn't look good for you. And so I tell folk, no, I don't want you to live your best life now. Your best life starts now if it is under the supremacy of Christ. And regardless of what you attain or acquire in this life and in this world, it doesn't matter. It doesn't get best until the best is in your life. And we're going to see that this morning. And so I'm going to pray and then we will just jump into the scripture. I'm not going to read it all the way through for the sake of time so that we can get into his word. Once again, my brother Scott, thank you so much for leading us in worship. It is always great to see you and so and to hear from you. So we are grateful for prepping our hearts. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you noticed, but his song choices, I was like, bro, were you with me in preparation this week? Because the song choices were pointing right toward that. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm going to have to get a table from up here. So I don't need to bend so much. Um, and if I knock it over, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, if you would stand with me that we can pray together. And then we'll get into God's word. <clears throat> Father, thank you again that we get this opportunity to gather together. Father, as families in Christ and under the authority of Christ. And those that may not be there yet, Lord, the opportunity exists and is there for them. But Father, we pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would have understanding and that we would move to obedience to what your word says. I pray that this would not be just an exercise in hearing something new or good, but Lord, this would be us opening up so that we can continue to be transformed as we allow your spirit to work on us through your word. And so we pray right now that you would strengthen us. You would help our resolve to be strong, that we would walk according to your word because we know you will enable us. I pray that we would not look at our brother or sister and think this is about them, but to see how this is about us. I pray for those that are watching remotely, Lord, <clears throat> or virtually that indeed they would as well hear this word and be blessed and strengthened by it. We commit this time to you in the name of Christ, amen. And you could be seated. Being in Christ positionally, and Paul does this again in Colossians, what he does in those first two chapters is that he gives us who we are positionally in Christ if we now embrace the fact that Christ is supreme and we live under that. He tells us in those chapters who we are. And then he starts, as he does in some of his, others let, uh, in some of his other letters, after he tells us who we are in Christ, then he tells us what is expected um, or what our practices should be in Christ. And so he gives us positionally who we are, but because of that, it calls for us to live eternally minded practically. And that eternally mindedness doesn't start when you leave this earth. What he tells us is that, is that having that eternal perspective starts the day that you embrace Christ as Savior, you receive that finished work, and you begin to walk in him. We heard a couple of weeks ago um, when Elder Wright was leading us that, that it is 
being in Christ, in him, that it all exists, that our lives is to be. And that for some of us, we need to ask ourselves that question that once stayed in my mind, that are we in Christ or are we in something else? He said, for some of us, the reason we are having the issues and the problems that we have is probably or maybe because we're not in Christ, but we're in religion. We're in church. We're in good religious company, but we're not in Christ. And if you are in Christ, then chapter 3 begins to kick in. And we'll look at two things for us this morning as we share is that we would have properly, properly placed priorities, which will lead to proper practices. Now, remember, he told us what our position is, and now he's expecting some practices based on your position. That's not strange nor odd. We all do that in, every, in our everyday activities. We do it at work. Whatever position you have been given at work, there are some expected practices along with that position. If you came in doing what you want, when you want, how you want it, I guarantee you won't have that position for long. And some of us are trying to do that and get mad when they give us the royal boot. See, the issue is position comes with a set of standards and requirements and expected practices. It doesn't even have to be in a career. They do it at school. When you walk into your school as a student, there are expected practices because of your position. We do it and even in family life. If you have the position of father or mother, there are expected practices. If you have the position of child, there are expected practices. We do this in every part of our life, and so this should not be strange for us. And so as we get into his word, we need to look at the expectations and then ask ourselves, how are we living up to the expectations that God has for us that they are able to be lived out because he is empowering us by his spirit? It's not because you're that nice and that you all that good, but it's because he is. And if you are in Christ, then you're going to practice as if you are in Christ. Let's read when it says, at first it says, if then, or you could put their sense, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And I like that this is properly placed priorities. And the first one you see is, it says, since you have been risen and are in Christ. In other words, now, if you have the position of being raised up with Christ, because when he died, if you have embraced the finished work of Christ, if you have said now that I am a follower of Christ, that I Believe and I receive the fact that he is God's only provision for my sin because I am a sinner. And if you have received that forgiveness that he is the perfect sacrifice for my sin and that I believe that God has raised him from the dead, you hold the position of Christ's follower. That's simple. And yet it's one of the hardest things too that in that journey that you'll embrace. But he says, if this has happened, and I love it, if you have been risen with Christ, I love that. Listen, he's the one that did the dying. You're the one that gets the benefit. You got to remember that. The next time that you're sacrificing something, remember that he sacrificed his life so that you can sacrifice anything for Christ. So he says, if then you've been raised with Christ, hmm, he says, there are some things that should be happening. He says, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And so the point to seek the, you know, seek 
displaying the one who raised you. And you want to do seek to display the one who actually accomplished the work. So when he says seek those things above, understand that those Gnostics or those that were leading to Gnosticism also wanted to seek higher things. But their higher things weren't high enough. Actually, their higher things weren't even high that were low because they didn't point to Christ. They were trying to make themselves elite by seeking things that they thought were higher or were above earthly things. But the only problem was it was from their own little messed up, sinful, dirty minds. And so they couldn't get high enough. And so what he says is seek those things above. In other words, if you've been raised with Christ, your priorities now change. Your value system now changes. Those things which are important to you now changes. And I like what he says, let me give you where this one above is. I know you got some folk talking about seeking spiritual things, and they want to talk about seeking those things which are above this earth. But Paul says, let me explain to you the above I'm talking about. The above is in Christ, number one, but it says above where Christ is. Why? Because you've been raised with Christ. Why would you want to live where Christ isn't? Why would you want to seek priorities that aren't his? Why would you want to live in a way that's apart from him? Why? Because you were raised with Christ. So he says, seek those things that are above. Where is the above? Where Christ is. And then he gives you kind of the scene of where Christ is. But what he's saying is this is where we need to be. First thing, he says, at the right hand of God. You know what the right hand of God, that, that wasn't just a geographical marker. Oh, he's seated, you know, he seated at the right hand. If you know in Scripture, that right hand of God, because God is on that throne, it is a place of number one power. And so he has all authority. He said it in Matthew. Uh, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth, and then he gives us what we know as the Great Commission. But he starts that off with authority. So at the right hand of God is that place of power and is a place of access for intercession for us. Why? Because at the right hand of God, because he has that authority, he can also intercede on our behalf. He says, that's the above where I want you. But also, he says, seated at the right hand of God, I'm sorry, seated and at the right hand of God also speaks of holiness, purity, along with that access and power. See, he can't be seated next to God if he is impure. Understand this. What God is calling for us to do, your best life starts now, he says, I want you to seek those things which are valued where Christ is. Where is Christ? He is in the, I mean, he is holy because he is next to God. He is powerful because he is next to God. He intercedes on, 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 on behalf of others because he is next to God and he is approved his life because he is next to God. So he calls you and I higher. He says, listen, your priorities, hey, they need to be such where holiness is key for you. Remember, this is in Christ. Holiness is key. Intercession is a must. Power and authority is yours because you are in Christ. And you understand that and you live out of that. Please, if if this is not where you are aiming, you are aiming too low. If this is not where you are setting your affections and you are not setting those things that are valuable to you, you are aiming too low. 
you are not in the right place. I know when I hear that phrase, boy, you live in your best life now, what they usually mean is you are doing a whole lot of earthly things. You are going places. You are traveling. You, are, you have acquired some things. You have possessed a particular status and focus. See it. You show that stuff on social media, and they say, man, you live in your best life now. Nah, that's aiming too low if that's all it is. Christ says, come higher. You think you arrived. He said, no, 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 come higher. I need you to be where I am. I remember the first time got to see, um, well, it was in the old stadium. This is how long it's been. It's, it wasn't in Lucas Oil. This was in the Dome. And I remember the first time went to the game and we got access into the arena. It was great watching the Colts and everything. We was watching then I remember that time that someone gave us access to the boxes. You know, and they gave us the pass and said, go up here. Yeah. And we went up. And then when he saw the badge, they didn't care about my name. They didn't care about my name, who I was. Who I was was unimportant. That badge gave me access. I walked in and they had the food on the side. So I didn't have to go stand in the line with all the rest of those. They had the, the, you could watch the game on the screens from inside. And if you wanted, you can go outside to where the seats were just for that area and sat down and watched the game. And I sat there and I was like, this is a different, higher place. I got called up higher and boy, was it great. Now, what I thought were great seats were not when I got hired. And there are some of you, you think you are living large, but you're not because you haven't gone higher yet. And God is like, if they only would realize that they in the cheap seats, that that view that they think is good is really messed up. And if they would just come up higher. And so he says, seek those things that are above. Where is above? Where Christ is. Because that's where you want to be. And where he is, is a place of holiness, authority, approval, and access. But then he says something else with that. He says, properly placed Priorities, you not only seek displaying the one who raised you, you change your thinking about your life. Then he says, set your minds. First, he wants you to seek, and that is what you pursue. Then it says, set your minds, and that is where your value is placed. You know how you can tell what a person values? Let me give y'all just a little secret. Look at how they live. Look at what they choose to do with their time. Look at how they choose to spend their money and their resources. You really want to see it. Look at how they entertain themselves. And if they give you access to see when no one else is looking, watch them in their private lives. You will see what's important. I used to hear people say, you want to see what's important? Look at a person's checkbook. Well, I don't know who uses a checkbook anymore. Some of y'all still do, I know, but not a whole lot. But I would say check their cash app. Check their Venmo account. Check what other electronic spending um, device that they use. Check it, and you will see why. Because he said, set your minds on things above. What he is saying is, and he, and as opposed to things on earth, he's not saying don't do anything while you're down here. He says, don't let anything that's down here be your ultimate. So he says, look, you use it, but it's not your ultimate. See, education is great. Go get it because you need it to do things while you are down here temporarily. But if education becomes your ultimate, you're missing, you haven't gone high enough. See, that, that, that status, the career, material, um, acquiring, those things are good. 
Don't let folk fool you. Those things are good. But if they become your ultimate, you haven't gone high enough. See, what he says is set your mind. Let me ask you the question. Where is your mind set? Or let's put it together. Where is your mindset? Because here's the question. When I end up getting upset and I walk away from God because of stuff that is happening or not happening here on earth, my mind is not set above. If I start to go, I can't take it anymore, God. I'm done with this. I'm not even following you anymore because I don't like what's happening. What this, what I said, hmm, what that just showed you is that your mind is set here and not there. Why? Because if your mind is set there, you can handle anything here. If your anchor for your ship is anchored here, it could be uprooted. Seriously. If it's anchored in your job, you could lose that job. If it's even anchored in your family, your family can turn on you. Or family members can leave this earth. Talked with one brother, he said it was his grandmother that had helped him. And it was when his grandmother passed that he was angry and he ended up veering away from Christ. And I thank God for grandma, but grandma couldn't be his anchor. I thank God for the career. I thank God for the education. I thank God even for the, for, for the church. But we know if folk mess up in the church and I don't want to come back to church anymore, I got a question for you. Where was your anchor? Where was your mind set? Why? Because, oh, you may take some time away. You may have to heal. You may even go to another place. That's okay. But if I say I'm done with you, God, had someone just the other day that was writing back and forth with, I'm mad at God because of some choices that my friend is making. Okay, 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 okay. I'm mad at God some, because of some choices that my friend is making. Okay. Um, and I just, I, I, I said, that's your friend's choice. That's your friend's desire. Where is your anchor? I don't know that I can walk with God anymore. I almost want to ask, I don't know if you are walking with God. If you could walk away from him that easy, were you really with him? So set your minds, set your minds on things above and not things on earth. And he tells us, hmm, changing our way of thinking, go higher. Why? Because these things are transitory and that our, our ambitions must be greater than these earthbound things. Yes, I want to get a promotion on my job. Yes, I want to do better. But why is my question? Why? Why do you want to make more money? And I said, well, so I can serve the Lord better. Okay, come on. Let, let's let no, 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 yeah, no. You want to buy some more things, I understand. You want to have a more comfortable life. I understand that. Not bad at all. But if that becomes your ultimate, what if God allows all that to be taken? What if that dries up? What if you have to stand alone in a decision that you make? What if family misunderstands you? What if family turns on you or abuses you? Now what? See, the issue, he says, where you set your mind will determine how you live your life. So set your minds. And here's the other thing. You judge everything by his standards now. No longer are you gauging things in life based on, based on your standards. See, by all accounts, when you look at the life of Jesus, he seemed to have failed. Yeah. Three and a half years, took these 12 dudes. One of them turned on them, set them up, actually set them up to be caught, took some money, which wasn't even enough. I was like, dude, that's all you took for them? You should have had them empty out the treasury. And that still wouldn't have been enough, but you had one that betrayed him when he was unjustly snatched away, all of them ran, left alone, died early, seemingly, and everyone was like, failure. 
if you look at it from man's perspective. But if you look at it from God's perspective, God was like, I have him right where I want him so that he can have you right where I want you. And see, they all saw the beating, the sacrifice, the hanging on the cross, the death. But what God saw was a perfect sacrifice for the sins of those, even those that were crucifying him, so that when he would be resurrected, even those standing around who were part of the scheme to kill him, I could save success. See, don't get caught up in how it looks. Get caught up in how it is, according to God, not by your standard. And so change your thinking. And here's what he says, uh, verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear. And I love this. What he says with this is, listen, you are dead And so since you are dead, the only life that you have is in Christ. Why? Because if you died when he died, if you were buried because he was buried, when you resurrected is because he was resurrected. And so the whole plan for your life is now based on his standards. His interest becomes your interest. His outlook becomes your outlook. His desires becomes your desire. So my question is, why does his church look so messed up? Is because that may be the fact positionally, but it is not the fact practically. We have missed the connection and we are not practicing who we are. We are living differently than who we are. You ever had that? You ever had a parent say, man, look, that's not the way my mom said, look, that's not the way a costume behaves. I didn't raise you that way. <laughs> I remember my mother used to say, boy, she taught us all how to cook, every last one of us, boys and girls. My sisters could cook, and all of them could throw down, but then my brothers could as well. I remember my mother used to call me into the kitchen. And I said, I think before I was even 18, because there was no buying, when there were seven kids, and parents who had never gone to college but were hard workers, there is no buying chicken parts. You just bought the whole chicken. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And they cut the whole chicken up. It wasn't until I was a whole grown adult on my own that I thought, wow, they sell these things in pieces? I, I didn't know that. They sold these things. Like, you could buy just the breast? I didn't know that. She would call me in. And her favorite line, she said, come here, boy. And she said, come here, boy. And she was, I want to show you how to cut up this chicken. I was in high school. I was like, Mom, I, 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 was, like, I was like, my sisters can do it. And she said, no, you're going to learn this. And she would say something. And it was me in, in, in all these different areas. She was like, come here, come here. And I was like, why I need to learn this? Because you, you need to learn this because it's good. But then she would also say, your wives are not going to be mad at me when you get married. She said over and over, your wives are not going to be mad at me. When show me how to clean, that ain't clean, come here. Because your wife ain't going to be mad at me when you're in your house. And I was like, she was on to something. That further on, because I set my ambitions and, and, and because I set my life in a different place, and she taught me for that later on, she was like, you are going to have a life later on that I want to prepare you for. And because of that, come here and learn this now. And what God is calling you and I, come here and learn this now because there's some life that's going to happen later on that you're going to need to know that you don't know right now. Come higher, come closer, change it. And so then he says, when your life appears, people don't see that life in Christ right now. They don't see fully who you are. He says, but one day when Christ appears, you're going to appear. Oh, they'll see you when he appears. But right now, all they should see is Christ. Why? Because your life is hidden. And I love this double covering. Your life is hidden in Christ. And he said, those that I have, no one can pluck out my hand. You're in Christ and in God. you, You are double protected. If anyone knows security, you know, you can have bodyguards all you want. 
If someone wants to get to you, they will, period. I don't care how much security you have. If someone wants to get to you, they will. I'll give you a good example of that. Ask Hitler. Dude had an army around him, and they still got to him. Ask any other high-profile fa- But once you are in Christ, in God, no one can change that. In Christ, in God. Got to remember that. This is no trivial, frivolous life of faith that you're living. God says, I've called you higher. You are in me and I am in him. And thus, you have all you need to live out this life. And so if life is hard, don't you think in Christ, in God knows? If you are going through a struggle, don't you think in Christ, in God knows? If you are suffering physically, if you've been attacked, if, 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 if you lose your life for this faith, don't you think in Christ, in God knows? Let that comfort you. There is nothing that happens to the believer who is walking in God without the knowledge and the permission of in Christ in God. And so when you were going through it, don't complain to God. Talk to him. God, I know you got me because I'm in Christ and I'm in you. Let's move on then to proper practices. I'm going to jump on down. He says, put to death, therefore. <laughs> got a nice bit. So when he says put to death, he says what is earth-centered. He says render it as dead. Have you ever rendered anything as dead that it does not or should not exist anymore? Let me show you something that I render as dead. Can you? Y'all put that slide up there. Render as dead. Take away the words if you can on that one. They won't in a second. Oh, you can't. If you can see, there you go. You see that? That's me in eighth grade. I had just graduated. Look, y'all can tell me nothing. I was fly, period. I look good. My three-piece suit, my bell bottoms. You can't see they covering my platform shoes. Yeah, you want to know what year it is? I ain't telling y'all. Uh, my bow tie that was about as big as my head, and it was velvet, yes. As good as I knew I looked back then, that outfit is put to death. <laughs> Never to be seen, even if I brought it for this appropriate size again. I, I took them clothes off, and I'm never putting them on. So render dead or render as if it should not even exist. Now, that's a funny story, but I'm just going to say to you guys, he says then for you, he says, look, put to death. These things cannot exist in your new life. And he gives you that these, uh, that, that, that if you are living in these things, it's like taking back up death in your life because he tells you to render it dead. And what are those things? Four things real quick. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, five, sorry, and um, covetousness. Covetousness. Think of this. Think of this. Think of this. He says, put to death, yet these are widely accepted in our society as they were in Colossae. Sexual immorality is the first one. Colossae had gotten to the point where unless you were doing some of the freakiest, nastiest kind of stuff, unless you were doing that, fornication and anything along that line was widely accepted. People didn't bat an eye, hmm, like today. They say nothing. You haven't done anything wrong. What? Oh, come on, man. What? He's sleeping with his girlfriend? Oh, no, man, come on, man. That ain't nothing. Please. Did you hear that story about? No, no, no. No, bro. Let's go back to your statements you said. No, that is something. Why? Because God says, that is your old man that you should have put to death. Those clothes you don't wear anymore. They stank. They don't look good. They don't fit you. They don't become you. Man, I remember, again, these things from my mother. When I first became a, a, a young lay pastor and minister, she would get me now. Some of it is cultural, I understand, but boy, she would check me all the time. She would come to me, she says, Curtis, is that what a young minister should wear? I'd be like, Mom, you're killing me. 
but she was helping me. Curtis, is that what a young leader should wear? Curtis, is that what? And I was just like, can I just get dressed, mommy? She was like, no. She said, no, I want you to be mindful of what you're portraying when you're out there. And that helped me over the years to be mindful of what I was portraying as a Christ follower when I was out there. But sexual immorality and then impurity are, where is your thought life? And that's not just sexual, y'all. Just period. Where is your thought life? The anger and the, and the, and the, and the ill will. He goes down with the sexual immorality, impurity, um, uh, Passion, and these are evil passions because we should be passionate about things, but passions where we're out of control and they're driven from our own nature. And then it says evil desire. And then that last one, I want to say, because why is coveting so bad? Because you have set your affections and your desires on something on this earth and they have taken the place of God. Thus, it is an idol. Anything that you want more of then you want what God wants you to do and how he wants you to live, you can just go ahead and put the label, stick it on, idol. Doesn't matter what it is or who it is or even an ideology, idol, when you've put it. How do I know that people have idols? When I see that you are living differently than how the word of God, whatever it is that you are shooting for that causes you to live outside the word of God, idol. So in the proper practices, we need to head up. He said, put to death. Then he says, to put off. And why? Because understand that these things display those that are, aren't in Christ, and they have brought God's wrath on them. Yes, God's wrath is a real thing. I know this world doesn't want to hear that, but it is. And you outside of Christ, God said that your wrath, you are one breath away from being eternally destroyed and lost when you are outside of Christ. One breath. And he says, understand that. Jonathan Edwards said that, boy, we are on our way. We are on the precipice, he said, of hell. And we don't know when we're going to fall in when we are outside of Christ. That's a scary thought. But God says, but it doesn't have to be that way. But then as we finish, he goes on now. He's, he tells you what to put off. Like them clothes, you need to change clothes because of what you're doing. And he says, you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice. We're not going to go into all of them in detail. You can look that up, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. I love this. He's saying, look, if, 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 if this list typifies you, you have put on some old, dirty clothes. And then he says something that, boy, that in our society has become almost expected. Do not lie to one another. We got a lion society, a lion country, and lion leaders that lead it. And it doesn't exclude the church either. And we got some folk that are okay with, like he says, do not lie to one another. And that lying doesn't just mean that you just, I didn't tell a lie, no, but you lived it. Because you were trying to make people believe one thing about you when you knew that wasn't true or you were trying to arrange and manipulate things that people could believe this when you know this is actually to lie. He says, stop lying to one another because that does not typify Christ in you. He said, but instead, and we're coming down to the closing as he said, but instead what you are to put on, why should you put it on? I love this. He says, because you are holy and beloved. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And he just reminds you, because you are Set apart of God, you are pure, you are holy, and God has chosen you. Here's what you do. First thing, I love it, compassionate heart. Put on a compassion. What do I mean? He says, listen, the first thing that I want people to see that knows that you have been changed and that you have set your affections in a different place is the way that you respond to people in need. Why? Because the sinner turns his nose up because I think I'm better than you. See, you don't know what I know. You shouldn't have placed yourself in that old position. You messed up because you didn't do right. Notice I'm not looking at the crowd because I don't want anyone thinking I'm talking to them. I'm talking to the speaker. And, 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 and you done messed up. And so good for you. Next time you'll learn better. Hey, consequences. Now, those things may be true, but your first response when you see people in need, it goes back to the story 
of the Good Samaritan. The first who walked by and was like, yeah, sorry, your problem, baby, not mine. And they all saw the same man. The last one, it says, the Samaritan saw him and had compassion. A changed life, when you see the need, your heart hurts. Why? Because Christ has changed your life. And he tells the different things that we need to, to do. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Can I just say, and then bearing with one another. Can I just say, if this list was in practice in our churches, we wouldn't have the division that we have today? Do you see that list? Compassion, kindness, gentleness. And boy, we are rough as ever with folk. Got no patience. Tired of people. Wrote them off. C means about going and just write them off. If they ain't with you, just write. No, don't write them off. Pray for them. Be kind. Have compassion because you know you in Christ. He tells us to put it on. But then he says, above all, above all. Okay, folks, what does above all mean? Above all of this, what does he say? Above all, what do you do? Put on love because it holds it all together. All you got is fragments if it's not centered in the love of God for one another. All you got is pieces. All you got is pieces. And so he says to us here, do it all love. And our last two, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then do everything. First, let the word of God dwell. I love that. It didn't say read the word of God a lot. Verse 16, it doesn't say that. Read the word a lot. Memorize scripture. Um, tell people where you can find the verses in the Bible. What he actually says is let the word dwell in you. And that word dwell means to live. When someone asks you where do you dwell, you don't talk about where you just went. You talk about where you live, stay, where you get comfortable, where you get relaxed, where you go for protection. Does the word of God live in you? Does it relax itself in you? Can it be at home in you? It said, let the word of God dwell in you. And I love this in case you wondered how richly. And for us, when we hear that word richly, we get excited because we know that that means a lot. If someone says, I'm going to bless you, you go, thank you. But if a person says, I'm going to bless you richly, you go, whoa. <laughs> You add that ritually in, it changes the tone. You get excited. God said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Why? Because we are, and, and how do I know? Because you are teaching and admonishing. We are all in some way teachers and admonishers. He says, when the word of God is living in you, then you will be able to instruct and encourage others. The problem is we got folk out here wanting to instruct people with the word that we're not even living. And then lastly, he says, do everything. Look, y'all, do everything. Do everything. Why? Because you are seated in high places, because you've come up higher. Do everything. And it says, in the name of Jesus. That doesn't mean that you walk around just saying, in the name of Jesus. When you see that phrase, it means according to the character of Christ. According to the character of Jesus. When it says, in the name, because your name back then said something of your character, because People named you based on what they thought your character will be. So when you hear in the name of Jesus, it is according to the character of Jesus. So do everything according to Christ's character. Wow. And be thankful. Mm. Yeah, it was long today, y'all. Let me tell you this. If this becomes us, our best life starts now. Do you do it perfectly? No. Do you do it consistently until you leave this earth? Yes. Every day, changing, growing, every day, every day. Why? Because you have been raised. You are in Christ. 
and you are seated there with him positionally. So let me tell you what our parents have said. Now act like it. Act like you've been somewhere because you have. You've been raised with Christ. Now act like it. See, we like to tell our parents, I know. I tell my mom that. I know, mom. I know. She said, do you? Because what's the next phrase? You don't. There you go. And all the parents said amen. And you don't act like it. He says that you and I act like it. Live like it. Display like it. Demonstrate like it. Why? Because that is you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Father, this is a long passage. And Lord, we could have spent so much more time in this. But Father, I think what was needed was said, and that is that our best life starts now because it's a new way of living. It's a new way of living. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you alone are the one that has set this all up for us. You alone are the one that has made this possible. You alone are the one who has seated us in those heavenly places. And we are with Christ who is with you. And Father, positionally, you have changed us forever. But Father, practically, we struggle. And I pray, God, that today, that as we, Father, as we hear what our practice should be because you have changed us, you have changed our place, I pray that you would enable, empower, and remind us to live the way that you have arranged for us to live. Lord, let us not settle for living low, thinking it's high, but let us come higher. Let us live higher because we are higher. Father, help us to live displaying the Christ that is in this world that has come and he lives in our hearts. Father, strengthen us. Help us to take this seriously. And even if we fall, help us to repent, get back on our feet, and keep moving. Because we are going higher. We are living higher. We are higher. I pray if nothing else is remembered, God, is that we live like we're higher because we are. We submit this to you in Christ's name.